Hello, loves. This is the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you in the game and Will joining you just to, with a little confession. Originally, this show was meant to come out 24 hours ago on Christmas morning, but Christmas got a little bit in the way. Should have probably guessed it was coming, considering it's about the same time every year. Uh, but we decided, uh, we've, we've got this great podcast, got Greg Brady, Greg Rosenthal both coming up on the show. So we're still going to release it in full, but throughout the show we reference a what could happen at the top of the playoffs. And obviously we now know that the Steelers, by beating the Texans, have claimed a first-round playoff bye. And the Eagles, by beating the Raiders, have clinched home field advantage throughout the playoffs in the two Christmas Day games. We also constantly reference how we're not going to talk about the Christmas Day games. And yet here I am talking about them. So just a very quick one for you uh, on these two games. Pittsburgh Steelers, 12-3 and now, clinching their first-round playoff bye by dismantling the 4-11 Houston Texans, 34-6. to Um... Look, an injury-depleted Texans defense, even without Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, kind of really impressed. Martavis Bryant built on his best performance in a couple of years, showing that 2015 form where we thought he could be a true number one receiver. A 36-yard sideline drop on yard to 68 yards on four touches, in particularly good. Juju Smith-Schuster showcased his own game-breaking ability in a two-play sequence, following a 49-yard bomb with an 18-yard touchdown. If Brown does indeed return to being being fully healthy, and the fact that he's got that extra week now thanks to that bye, the Steelers through the air could be absolutely dangerous in January. Um, from a Texans perspective, this was just screaming, what a terrible season this has been for them. Uh, and so we've got to... We've got to kind of look forward for them and look forward to next season. And and we saw JJ Watt was was there at the stadium, seeing obviously with his family, watching his brother TJ Watt playing for the opposition, watching his team. Uh, his condition is is uh, recovering from a, a tibial plateau fracture. Apparently, the three time defence player of the year is doing squats, lunges. Expected to start jogging soon. It's going to be massively key they get those healthy players back. But there's not a huge amount else to say about that game. Let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Their Super Bowl path getting a little bit easier after they defeated the Oakland Raiders 19-10, clinching a home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. Jake Elliott's 48-yard field goal in the final seconds of the game broke a 10-10 tie before Derek Barnett scored in a 23-yard fumble return at the end of the game when the Raiders, after some terrible play calling, decided that they were going to try some kind of uh, you know, miracle play of their own, lots of sidelining backwards and forwards. This was not this was not good from the uh, from the Nick Foles led Eagles by any stretch of the imagination. Foles penchant for being a little bit streaky. His stat line looks not that bad. Nineteen of twenty eight. I mean, one hundred and sixty eight yards, a touchdown, an interception. The the yardage is a real problem. It was really frustrating to watch. There were seven turnovers in the second half of this game, and if you include that fumble recovery at the end, that's the most in any game this season. We saw situations where, for example, we had uh, a, an interception at midfield for the Eagles, followed by you know for the Raiders, followed by uh, for the Eagles, sorry, followed by a fumble by the Eagles, followed immediately afterwards by a fumble for Marshall Lynch for the Raiders. Uh, which then led to the Eagles going for a missed field goal try. The whole thing was an absolute mess, top to bottom, consistently one of the most difficult games to watch, and maybe the idea of playing on Christmas Day, which I've been quite big on recently, isn't the greatest. We'll talk more about these teams as we build up to Week 17 and start to look forward to the playoff picture. But here's the rest of the show. Greg Brady, Greg Rosenthal, myself and Ollie, with a very Christmassy edition of the Gridiron Show for you. 
Please enjoy. Christmas and welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you in the game. It's Christmas morning. Me and Ollie have been on here for many hours already. We had Jags 49ers. What a game that ended up being. And then we've just been prattling around basically for the last five hours. Been articulate on air. It's all been very silly. We've had a great time. And now I suppose we should do a podcast. This is the Gridiron Show. Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Touchdown Trips, getting you very much in the game. Will Gavin, Holly Hunter, how you doing, buddy? Yes, you. Yes, you. I feel like I'm very quiet. Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> Trust just, me. I think it's just my ears. Then I you're not. I, I think the headphones might be a bit rubbish. I'm going to switch to the other ones because I can hear myself much better. I think that's getting. I'm pretty sure it's articulate. Not articulate. It is articulate, but over years of saying articulate, that's just what's why do happened. you say articulate? I don't know. Is it like everyone that says reading when actually they should be calling the town reading? I mean, nobody actually does that if they're oh, no, from wait, the it's UK. It's the other way around. It's the other yeah, way great around. work, mate. Great work. Uh, Christmas morning. Hey, buddy. Did you like your present? Happy Christmas. Uh, yeah, yeah. Alarm clock. I got Ollie an alarm clock so he'd actually wake up to do podcasts on time. I missed one. <laughs> you also missed two planes. But that was all part and of And I one like thing. you, like, I missed one. There have been many other occasions where I've said, we'll do one at this time. And then whoa, 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 I whoa. get a random text message 45 whoa, whoa, whoa. minutes after the time we went to it going, oh, I've just got up. Who we do it now? Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I'm not the only culprit of this. I hope that you bought yourself an alarm clock too. I, I bet you bought yourself clock. the uh, the BB 8 one anyway. I have the Darth Vader one. Oh, that's, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I, I quite like Storm my Stormtrooper one. one, yeah. Yeah, thank you, buddy. Good work, I appreciate dude. appreciate it. Um, I literally just bought Dave Levine a present because I felt I had to buy Dave Levine a present because I was going to buy you one. So I bought him a bottle of whiskey. It wasn't a re-gift, though. It was a genuine repurchase. Purchase. Not repurchase. Why, why, why did you say repurchase there? <laughs> I really don't know. It's just weird. <laughs> um, Something weird is going on. We've had two bottles of Prosecco on the radio this morning. <laughs> it's been pretty great. Uh, and ate a lot of chocolate. Great. It, some of it worked, some of it didn't. I mean, the Jags 49ers game was great. Yeah. Yep. Um, you're going to hear me gush over Jimmy Garoppolo quite a bit in the next uh, hour. Um, you haven't even said what's coming up on the show. Yeah, so basically, the way we've done the show today is during our talk sports show, we had Greg Brady and Greg Rosenthal on, and we had 20-minute chats with each of them, and this podcast is going to be those two 20-minute chats. We're going to have Greg Rosenthal on first, we're going to have Greg Brady on second. Yep, yep. We were going to... I talked we've about... We've gone for five Gs. Yeah, so it, many Gs. It's a 5G podcast. Hashtag 5Gs. Are there any other Gs in it? You're a G. Uh, Will Gavin, 6G, it's 6G. A full 6G podcast. It is a 6G podcast. How would you, how would you... Oh, I know what your middle name is. Why am I asking that? (laughs) It's your name. It's literally my name. (laughs) How would you, (laughs) how would you experience this podcast in 4G? No, 6G. 
Uh, well, sixty hasn't even been invented. Yet. Well, let's let's see if see if we can invent it. It's it's too early in the morning for these things. It's literally five twenty five, and the amazing news we, you're going to hear us talking right, about mate. this later in the show that we're gonna, we talk with Greg Rosenthal about what's going to be the Sunday night game next week. There's going to be no Sunday night game next week. I hope this is actual news to some people who are tuning in who won't have seen what? the announcement at four a.m. next weekend. All of the games with genuine playoff implications. So the Bucks Saints game, the Panthers yeah. Falcons game, the Jags Titans game yeah. are all going to be played in the night. 9.25 window. Yeah. The stuff with the Chargers, the Ravens, everyone else is going to be played where it's play, being played already. And because there's no game that has a sole playoff implication, they all rely on other results as well, they're just not going to have Sunday night football. That's I have no mad. idea what we're going to do on radio next week now. That's we might just crazy. have to do a New Year's party after doing a Christmas Eve party already. I mean, there'll be the Jags game on the radio anyway. 100%. We might have to come in and do that because it's at 9.25. Or we'll be doing the red zone stuff beforehand. Oh, I'm not going to do the red zone stuff beforehand. I just don't want to. I'm tired. I mean, I'm that would mean you, mean you hanging about for... Well, you might be able to go and enjoy New Year and just come in for one o'clock. Yeah, that is true. I could go and watch the, the, uh, the fireworks from the roof of the building. Invite the wife? I invited the wife already. She's, uh, going, to a, she's going to a party. She's sacking you off in... 100%. Yeah, yeah. 100%. She would, write, she would be right to do that. She's so. doing the right thing. We all know that she's doing the right thing. Yeah. Uh, Ollie, what are you doing later today? It's Christmas. Uh, I'm here until 7am. Why are you the... here till 7? Uh, I got ropes into staying on. Why? But at least I'm not staying until 8. Fair. Uh, then I'm driving to Lincolnshire. Wow. Yeah. It'll take me about two and a quarter hours. Then I'll sleep and we're eating at around 4 so See, my mum wants to be at one thirty. It's like... Too early. Ugh. Too early. You've got to really build up that Christmas appetite. Are we going to get into Reading about Do you know what one? we used to do at my, at my grandmother's? No. I really don't know so what we'd we used get, to do we'd at get, grandmother's. We'd get... By the way, do you know the out time of this Mark Donaldson pre Yeah, yeah, yeah 35. Great stuff. So Just making sure. We'll get, we'd get a, a, a stocking, right? Great. So get up, open your stocking stuff, little little things... Little bottle of grenadine or um, a little bottle of whiskey or whatever, satsuma, a bit of coal. <laughs> then we'd have a light breakfast. Then it's preparing for the food. Oh, Ollie, what about opening your actual presents? Oh, no. Food then is at two o'clock. Eat the food. Then you have to finish it, wash up. Watch the Queen's message. Stand up for the Queen's message. Oh, my God. No wonder you hate the royals. And then... After all of that palaver, then, and only then, are you allowed to open your presents. We do our presents after lunch now because we're adults. But when we were children, we did at least some of them in the morning. I now have... My sister's trying to bring that tradition, sons the royal bit, back. Well, we we don't do presents for the whole family anymore. So we do... My parents get presents from us. We get presents from my parents. But the six now sibling situation so me my little brother my older sister and all of our partners sure sure do a secret santa and buy one who did you get like 50 quid gift and give it to them but everyone just gets one thing and that's a good gift who did you get did you get them a router i got liberty (laughs) that's why my parents you know that's why i got my parents (laughs) Um, (laughs) sorry you got you got liberty i got liberty joe's uh other half okay fiance soon to be married in 2018 okay cool uh you know you're not invited to that either um, what? Uh, what did you get, Liberty? Uh, I got her a board game, but 
a... Ah, oh, you've told me this, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, Have it's, you told us me on this on the podcast? Very possibly. Yeah, it's an indie board game. Yeah, I don't... I, yeah. From her favourite maker. Exactly. But uh, I wouldn't have heard of it. Relatively sure this happened on the podcast. I think it might have done. I really apologise, I didn't realise it until you pointed out then. I have... No, been... I, I should apologise. I probably brought up the Secret Santa thing last time, and this conversation has rolled exactly the way it rolled then. <laughs> I've been working since four o'clock. So uh, 13 and a half hours. An hour and a half. God, pathetic. Um... Right, we should get into Greg Rosenthal. Oh, it's, it's a great chat. Yeah, let's uh, let's have a listen to... And I'm literally saying we come in with Christmas in Hollis here. Yeah, yeah, Triple G. This is how we introduced him. Bang! Continuing to bang out the Christmas tunes this morning on our Christmas special when we're talking NFL and the combination of hip-hop of Christmas of the NFL all comes together beautifully as we bring in one of our very favourite guests here on TalkSport and on The Gridiron Show, Greg Rosenthal, 60% G. Greg, how's it going, buddy? It is going great. Still Christmas Eve here. You know, I I love that that you're doing a Christmas morning show on the nfl little hip-hop like if anyone out there is, is listening to this right now tweet at me i, I just want to know what kind of hardcore people are out there <laughs> look there are a lot of people right listening to this greg and i don't like the insinuation that we are driving people away or something we're sat here we've got a mince pie on the go we're having a glass of prosecco there are, look i'm going to pop you an honorary cracker because you're not here so there you go i did it on my own so, by the <laughs> way that's that's all very british i think of those three things Greg may only know what one of those is, and that's the Prosecco. Greg, do you not know what a mince pie is? I mean, I know, I know what it is. I, mean, I don't think I've had it, but I know what it is. Do you, it, guys, do you guys have crackers at Christmas? No. What? We don't do that. It's, it's like, basically, it's like a, a, a... Well, it's quite difficult to describe. It's a small cardboard tube with a little small explosive in it. And, <laughs> and you sit around the table. I mean, that's what it is, Ollie. So you sit around the table and you all pull them and they make a banging noise. And inside you get a little paper Christmas hat, a little child's toy. So yours is a little hopping frog that you, mm. you flip on the back. And you get a joke as well. So your jog is... Your, your joke, joke is... <laughs> This is a terror. This isn't even a Christmas joke. <laughs> what dog can't bark? Wait, what? A what kind of what? dog can't bark? I don't know. Okay, what? A hot dog. It's not even a Christmas joke. This is rubbish. You got the worst cracker, Greg. I'm sorry. It's going in the bin. What colour hat did he go? I'm going I'm to take the hat to Minnesota hat. with me because he's got a purple hat. Yeah, there we I'm going to give it to you in, uh, in Minneapolis when we're at the oh, Super Bowl, Greg. And nice segue into Minnesota Green Bay. <laughs> oh, uh, there you go. So we've already talked about a few of the games uh, on the show this morning, a few of the late games as we did have the Jags 49ers live as well. Um, we haven't looked back at Green Bay, Minnesota because Ollie has been avoiding it. And to be honest, I've been avoiding it because it was one of the worst games of football I've watched oh, this year. It's terrible. Is, is there anything in this uh, nonsense about uh, Aaron Rodgers going back on IR and teams complaining to the NFL that they've broken the rules? I'm sure teams are complaining. And maybe the Green Bay you know, did 
overlook um, the letter of the law there. I feel like uh, Ollie Hunter has a better chance of, you know, starting at quarterback for the Packers than, than Aaron Rodgers does actually getting released because they mm-hmm. broke some rule. I mean, I'm not, I'm not putting too much into this. But, but I think I've got a better chance of playing better than Brett Hundley at quarterback for the Green Bay Packers than Brett Hundley. <laughs> oh, birdie. Oh, that's, that's me. He's been in a dark place in the last few days. But look, London's team, they're the AFC South champions. They're in the playoffs, Ollie. You just lean on your Jags fandom and you'll be fine. Yeah, I'm OK. I'm OK. See, exactly. There you Thanks. go. Get back so, to Rogers. That's exactly what I wanted to hear, that it was going to be nonsense. But from a Green Bay perspective, do changes need to be made? Are changes going to be made? Because I think changes do need to be made. But there is too much example over the recent years of, of issues in Green Bay kind of being glossed over and... They're not a team who change coaching staff or front office very regularly by any stretch of the imagination. Right, and you could always, you know, point to Rodgers' injury if that was the only real problem this year and then you don't make any changes. I think finally Dom Capers has got to go. I mean, I've thought this before. That's their defensive coordinator. Uh, so unimaginative, unimaginative and just... He always runs a, a very complex defense for players who can't really handle it and then there's confusion and i think this is the year that there are changes beyond that i mean i don't think you're getting a new coach in mike mccarthy ollie i i don't think ted thompson uh, the general manager is going anywhere so uh, other than maybe changing the coordinator on defense i think that's the only big move they'll make and not the coordinator on offense because some of the offensive plays haven't been great especially with hundley the the managing of hundley as a quarterback and him coming out and then not even trusting him to make any of any of the bigger throws. And then when they do start to give him uh, plays that where he's going to ex- stretch the field and expand the playbook, he's come up woefully short. Well, I think there's a, a strong argument to be made that Mike McCarthy should be replaced as the head coach because he is the offensive coordinator. That's his offense. Sure. I mean, they were shut out twice this season for the first time since 2006, and people may not realize that was a Mike McCarthy team, too. I mean, Mike McCarthy has been there for a long time. That was Brett Favre's uh, season under Mike McCarthy. And and I just, I, I don't know, when you rely on Aaron Rodgers' improvisational brilliance, and that's kind of your offense, what does that say about the coaching staff? If I was a, a Packers fan, or, or even if I was Aaron Rodgers, as comfortable as he is, I I would want to see if, can can we upgrade a little bit for these last three or four years? That would be mm-hmm. the best job any coach could ever want, and they, they would be able to hire whoever they want. What do you do with a problem like Jordy Nelson and uh, Clay Matthews? Both have, have dropped off a cliff uh, over the last couple of years or so. Well, I don't think Jordy will be back at that contract. I think you use that money to sign Devontae Adams because he's a difference-making receiver, and, and that's just how it goes. You bring back... Cobb probably at that money and Clay Matthews. You know, I do these you know potential release candidates every off season, and Matthews has been you know on the borderline of those for a few years now, and he's just kind of paid like a superstar where where he's a solid guy. So he's another guy. I think mm. there's a good chance that they'll move on from him. And and Jordy is a guy I'd, I'd be surprised if he was back at all. Now, Greg, uh, we had a, a near full slate of games on Christmas Eve. I know there are a couple of Christmas Day games. To cover, I mean, are you going to be covering these Christmas Day games? Are you going to be stuck there in the office, or are you going to get to do it from home? Or have you uh, have you pulled the longer straw this year? <laughs> I uh, no, I will not be in the office. I was in the office throughout Christmas Eve. After we get off the phone here, I am going to write up some uh, 
some playoff scenarios and where each team team stands and I'll, I'll update that right a little bit on Christmas but thankfully my kids you know they put I was got home in time for them to put out the cookies for Santa we'll open some presents in the morning and then we'll watch some one-sided football in the afternoon <laughs> <laughs> you, you treat your kids so well <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly what a what a day for them <laughs> what a treat for the whole family um I, I want to talk about the, the playoff picture as it is after tonight though and particularly one division because I've become increasingly intrigued by what I think it's fair to say outside of anything to do with the Patriots is your favorite division in the NFL. Fair to say with the NFC South, Greg? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the best quarterback division in the NFL. It's the best, you know, balanced division. And it's the only one really, there's not a ton of week 17 drama this year, to be honest, in, in NFC South is at least given it to us. So it will start off in New Orleans where, not only do we get a massive win for the Saints, not only do they do it on defense, something you couldn't have even imagined, say, a year ago, 18 months ago, but we also get the butt pick, which just is going <laughs> to, the, the play that's going to, why is it always on the holidays that these kind of game-changing plays seem to happen? <laughs> I don't know. That's a great point. I, I remember where I was covering uh, the, the Mark Sanchez butt fumble, and now I'll always remember Marshawn Lattimore's uh, but pick where, uh, you know, it was such a, a typical play, if you think about it, for the, the Falcon season. Julio Jones is on the sideline for some reason. They throw the ball to a, a fourth-string wide receiver who has two catches all year. He drops it. It goes up in the air. And Marshawn Lattimore, who's my all-pro cornerback, I mean, I think one of the two best in the league, somehow uh, manages to catch it with his, with his butt in, a, in his thigh. And that's the kind of season it's been for the, the Saints defense, and that's the kind of season it's been for the Falcons. I, I, for, for me, this, if I'm to look at these NFC South teams, and I think Falcons-Panthers next weekend is the obvious choice for Sunday night football for me because the Panthers have obviously clinched their playoff place and they're at 11-4 and four and in theory could still get the home field advantage and the bye and everything else, but... The lack of the way that they beat the Bucks just wasn't impressive enough to make you think that they're they're a lock against the Falcons in any way, shape, or form. And that's the game I'm most intrigued and excited about next weekend. Yeah, I am too. And in terms of the scheduling, it's a hard year to pick because they almost always they want to pick a game that is guaranteed to have meaning, and that game will have some sort of meaning. But there's you know a very quick scenario where the Falcons have already clinched and the Panthers have already been boxed out of the NFC South before that. So in theory, that game could just be for the fifth and sixth seed seeding. And I, NBC and the NFL would really like to avoid that. But I went through all the games and there's not a single game, I don't believe, on the schedule, which is a foolproof, definitely going to matter. And I think that is the best bet of, of a good game because both those teams are going to play to win. There's no way they're resting any starters the way that they've been playing uh, lately. And it, it very well could be uh, the Falcons a winning in scenario as long as Seattle wins earlier in the day uh, to put the pressure on them. It's, it's either that or it's Jags Titans. Yeah. So... I mean, <laughs> the the perennial Thursday night game from recent seasons that everyone didn't watch uh, can't suddenly be the Sunday night Week 17 game, surely. Right, and the Jags, you know, probably won't have anything to play for in that game. So you wonder, because they're going to be playing the next week after that, and this is assuming that the Steelers take care of business 
uh, on Christmas Day and win that Texans game and clinch uh, a bye in the playoffs like the Patriots have now. Uh, you you would assume that the Jaguars, you know, could could rest some people and and make it a lot easier for the Titans to get into the playoffs, which which would be an unfortunate. Uh, way for the season to end, and, and Titans fans will remember it's exactly how they got into the playoffs, I believe, in 2008, 2009, when they beat the Colts, and the Colts rested their starters in Week 17 on Sunday night. The Bucks will play the Saints next week. Now, the Bucks are, are, are done. Probably Dirk Cutter to move on, and everyone, of course, was seduced by by uh, Jameis Winston and uh, his behavior during hard knocks. What did you make of his behavior after losing the fumble at the end of the game to the Panthers and uh, losing his uh, composure, you, some may say? Yeah, he lost his mind a little bit, but he, I, you know, he's a competitive guy. That's, that part doesn't bother me. Uh, he came out of the pile with the ball. I don't know how he did that. He somehow outfought all these linemen <laughs> when he was not the first guy in there. Uh, and stole the ball away when I don't think he really had it to begin with. So he came out of the pile with the ball. He's thinking we still got a chance to go win this game. Uh, that would maybe you know helps um, tie it or whatever, win an exciting game that that they were leading most of the time. And I think it was just the frustration, frustration from that. I, I can't kill him for that. Now there are a couple of controversial calls again uh, with some replays. One in the New England Bill Buffalo Bills game. Uh, uh, Kelvin Benjamin's overturned touchdown. Was it clear and obvious or not? No, it wasn't. And uh, you know you're in trouble if you're the NFL and Al Riveron, who is who is the uh, vice president of officiating, who is making these decisions and trying to explain them after the fact. You know that you're in trouble when Mike Pereira, the guy who used to have that job and is now at Fox, is taking shots at you on Twitter for blowing <laughs> it after the fact, saying that it wasn't obvious, and I totally agree with Pereira. How is that overturned? Like, how is that clear and undisputable evidence that they overturned that? Do you think that... that- it has to be said, Twitter was meme-tastic after that, yeah, yeah, though. Yeah. The which is the best Patriots jersey and showing the, the home jersey, the road jersey, the colour rush... And then the ref stripes. Those were the kind of ones that were that were uh, flying around left, right, and centre. It, it's all a bit of fun, Greg. Come on. I, I did have. I had one Pats fan on Twitter say we we, we asked a question about um, would you who would you like to see in the Super Bowl if your team is already out of the playoff contention, and who would you like to go up against if your team is still in playoff contention in the Super Bowl. I had one Pats fan who basically took shots because we never talk enough about the Pats on our podcast. And I was just like, (laughs) is a Patriots fan really playing the victim when they've had the success they've had in the last 15 years? That is farcical. Yeah, that's a little ridiculous. But it did did, uh, get on my nerves somewhat and on my radar today when everyone said, ah, the NFL is just in the tank for the Pats. Everything goes to Pats. The NFL is like, hey, did you forget the league that, you know, spent two years and $20 million uh, to try to prove a uh, case about deflated footballs and then suspended the best player in the league for four games of last season? Really, the NFL is uh, all in favor of the Pats. Come on. Where's my tiny violins? Uh, but that, uh, that obviously affected the Bills. It was a really competitive game. They would have gone into the half up rather than, well, further up rather than just uh, a, an extra field go up. And uh, the, the, it was a really competitive game. As a Pats guy, uh, were you a little worried? And are you worried about a stronger team um, coming to Foxborough and uh, doing what the Bills did? 
I'm worried because I don't think it's an unbeatable team, and I was certainly worried at that moment because the Bills were playing a game I was kind of expecting them to play, moving the ball slowly and staying patient. Uh, the fact that the fact is they won the game by 21 points, and they know how to close games, and the Bills do not. So I think, you know, pinning it on one or two calls, you know, that it seems silly in hindsight. This Patriots team reminds me a lot of 2011 where their defense was really not up to par, and they wound up losing the Super Bowl eventually to the Giants. But they, they were a few plays away from winning that game. They are a very imperfect team that I would give a much lower chance of getting out of the NFC. Uh, but when you look at the AFC, they're going to have home field. Every other team has flaws. I think it's going to be Pittsburgh, New England again, and I give Pittsburgh uh, a good chance to possibly win that game. But but I would never bet against the Patriots at home uh, in the playoffs. How dare you discount London's Jacksonville Jaguars? What a disgrace! Uh, what about hey, how about uh, hold the Forty ers under forty points? Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. How about Jimmy Garoppolo, the future of quarterbacking? Uh, we <laughs> well, you're preaching to the converted there with Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> Greg, I was genuinely asking on air earlier uh, whether I would take any other quarterback in San Francisco right now over Jimmy G and my answer was kind of if I'm looking to build for the future which I think the 49ers are then my con- the ones in consideration are the likes of Carson Wentz to Sean Watson but both have had season ending knee injuries this year does that take some consideration in I actually think right now I couldn't be happier than I am with Jimmy G that's fair I mean uh, I I can't argue I mean that seems crazy I trying to think here is there another young quarterback I well another prefer? one that came up was Carson Wentz I just said Carson Wentz you know yeah no Wentz is Wentz is probably Sorry, at dude. the top of the list it's it's sad that Andrew Luck is is forgotten mm. at this point you would certainly take Jimmy G yeah. over Garoppolo or Mariota or Winston Deshaun Watson uh, I think you're right I it's a, it's it's mildly annoying as a Patriots fan already uh, how mildly um <laughs> The last, the last one, finally, is just who do you think gets in from that AFC? Because we had got three teams sat there at eight and seven. The Titans have got to go up against the Jags, and there is that risk that the Jags decide to rest players with the third seed all but the, theirs at this point. The Chargers and Bills, I mean, the Chargers scraping through uh, against the Jets in that punt-tastic 14-7 win. That none of those teams really covered themselves in glory this week. Is it as simple as the Chargers are the most talented, so they should do it next weekend, or...? I think they'll beat the Raiders, but they're not the same Chargers team right now. You know, Hunter Henry was a major, major loss for them. Uh, they've also lost Denzel Perriman, Corey Legit, and Melvin Ingram, three of their best defensive players over the last two weeks. So we'll see if they're available uh, against Oakland. Uh, I do think they'll get in. I do think the Titans will find a way to lose that game. And I do think Doug Marone and Tom Coughlin and the Jaguars, especially after a loss this week, are going to want to go out and play to win and play their best and not get swept by the Titans. And if they do that, I expect them to go out there and win that game and get a little momentum for them going into the playoffs and get the Chargers in to the playoffs as well, which would, would be great. Knock on wood. Come on. Uh, <laughs> there you go. You, you've got to tweet. It's at, gone international. <laughs> tweet at Greg Rosenthal to let him know that you're listening to the show at this hour. I hope some people do and have done that. We'll just send out a little reminder to do that as well. Triple G. Greg, Triple G indeed at Greg Rosenthal. Um, just while we've still got a minute left here, and as we're discussing these things on the uh, on the show this morning, I need your favourite Christmas movie and your favourite Christmas song. And if we've got time, you, 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 what you'll have for Christmas dinner as well. 
Mm. Uh, I, I'll go Christmas story, which is a boring answer, but that was, that was the, that was the one in my, uh, in my house growing up. It's, it's not come up Christmas yet. So it's song. not that boring. Oh, okay. Really? No, I feel like that would be the most popular answer here. Uh, but it is the right answer. Uh, favorite Christmas <laughs> song. I'm going to go uh, way out of left field and I'm going to recommend the entire Chance the Rapper Christmas album that he dropped last year, which is incredible. I mean, it's like updating Christmas music. And then uh, tomorrow, what are we eating for Christmas? I have no idea. I have no clue. We don't really have a Christmas <laughs> tradition food. See, fast, it's, it's such a big deal here. It's like the Thanksgiving meal. So uh, we got into a heated debate earlier about what the favourite component is of the Christmas dinner. Uh, and I'm honestly, it nearly caused the first Christmas argument about an hour into the day. So... Uh, <laughs> Greg Rosenthal, thank you so much for your time uh, this morning. And uh, I'm sure we'll speak again before we get to Minnesota. But if not, we will see you there in the Great North. Can't wait to see you, buddy. Enjoy Christmas. Love talking to you, Will and Ollie, and have a great Christmas with your families. And you and yours, dude. Sunday night football live on Talksport. Merry Christmas to every 49er fan out there. Mariah Carey once sung, All She Wants for Christmas is You, and the you she was referring to was Jimmy Garoppolo 4-0 because he's won all four games as 49er starter. I'm sorry, and did, did, did she sing All She Wants for Christmas is You? No, me, uh, you. No, she did. All I Want for Christmas is You. No, but she didn't, say all she, she didn't sing All She Wants for Christmas is You. She was singing but, in the third person. Mariah Carey. Because she, she had a couple drinks before she said that. <laughs> right, yeah. She's a weird woman um (laughs) she really is greg brady (laughs) here's the plan here um because we are uh now uh 20 minutes away from the end of our show here on uh, talk sport this is also now a de facto gridiron show as well because we're going to release everything we do from this point forwards as a podcast tomorrow morning and we're going to be speaking with greg rosenthal about half three this morning on uh the extra time Christmas show and we'll be talking a bit with the playoff picture with him uh, and some of the other bits and pieces so I think we're going to hone in on these late games the impact on the AFC South and the NFC West going forward but starting off with our game tonight because there there are several talking points from this 44 to 33 win over between the San Francisco 49ers and the Jaguars and let's start off with the Jags side of things because Giving up 44 points with the best defence in the league, even if it is against an offence that has been very impressive in recent weeks. But the defensive touchdowns, the turnovers, they're going to be the real concern. They're a team who really haven't coped well when they're not front running. And that really stood out today. Yeah, even though they came back uh, from, you know, 10 nothing down and, and actually 16 nothing down, tied the game, took the lead at one point. I mean, 19 unanswered points against a, a Niners team that's rolling that has every opportunity to win out uh, five straight. I mean, I was impressed by that, but less impressed by how 
easily it dissolved, if you will. Um, the short, yeah, the short fields and the turn and the Bortles turnovers um, and the inability to stop Garoppolo. Now, not too many defenses have, but uh, it's a long way from a team that uh, you know has just just pasted really their last three opponents offensively. Forty five against the Texans, a great win against Seattle, thirty twenty four, and and thirty against. Uh, a bit of a hapless Colts team. So I, I I see the tweets. I see people saying, oh, they'll be one of the worst three seeds ever in the history of the AFC. I'm just, I'm not going to wipe out their their defensive acumen and what they've accomplished this season long. I mean, what, single-digit points given up in in um, in seven of their ten wins? Nobody does that. That is incredibly rare. And uh, depending on the matchup, they do get... I still think they've got an excellent chance to, to finish the season. And, yeah, they can push the Titans and Marcus Mariota uh, in Nashville next week right out of the playoffs. So I'm, I'm willing to write off some of the, the shenanigans, if you will, as a one-off. Um, but they weren't the better team today. There weren't, they weren't, the officials didn't help, but they were not the better team today by a long shot. Now, there will be a third seed because they've got a better conference record than the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, there's, there, there's a tiny little bit of me that holds an argument that – the Jags, and I know what they really want is momentum, particularly after a loss this week and everything else. But if we give the Ravens the win over the Browns next week, so we're talking Ravens-Chiefs is one of our AFC playoffs most likely. Jaguars, if they rest a load of starters next week and go into the wildcard weekend facing the Titans or the Chargers, I'd rather be facing the Titans at home in the wildcard week rather than a Chargers mm. side who are coming in hot on the second half of the season. There's a little bit of me that thinks rest if you take the loss against the Titans, know that it was with a weakened team and then come out and get your revenge the next week and get through to the next round of the playoffs. I'm worried the Chargers would, Chargers would go into Jacksonville and beat them. Yeah, it, 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 It's fascinating because it is, uh, and, and I don't know that Buffalo would. Buffalo, just with the quarterback, and but it, it, with Tyrod Taylor, um, I'm not sure. I, I know what you're saying, but if you let up in one week, we've often seen teams let up that last week, even teams that are 12-3 and three or 13-2, and two, and and they could have a bye or be playing the very next week, and they never – Kansas City, I thought, was like that last year. They never really got their offense rolling um, in the playoff game against Pittsburgh. I know it was basically in a rainy, uh, cold swamp um, at uh, at Arrowhead, and I think the Steelers won that, what, 12-10 or something ridiculous. But nonetheless, um, uh, yeah, I think you got to go – I think you got to go full guns blazing next week. But as you said, you can certainly rest players along that way. Um, but I think they'll all start. I think all the starters will start next week. I think – Perhaps starting until they take a, a two or three touchdown lead, you know, touch wood for their for their sakes. Blake Bortles, I think, may need a rest. He looked a little mentally tired. The the final interception um, where he tried to do a back shoulder throw, regardless of whether it was a, a miscommunicate or not, he shouldn't be making that uh, or, or throwing that throw like that. The other two, I, I don't think, were necessarily on him per se. Let but I'm sure you're saying he has to start. He has to start in the game. You, you'll raise too to many start. questions if you bench him. You, yeah, you can't yeah, yeah. bench him in week in week 17. I'm yeah. saying they start. They and they, you know, if they do well, they're a better side than my, Tennessee. My, fe- my feeling but, is more rotating in the backup linebackers and linemen because they've been so impressive this year, yeah. but have taken a lot of snaps. I'm saying rotating uh, some of the uh, backup backs. T- we saw quite a bit of T.J. Eldon today. I think but- you hold off on Fournette. Fournette wasn't effective today. That is, I mean, it is so many muscle injuries and yeah. little niggles this year already. Rest, rest Fournette. I'd limit ready. him considerably. Yeah, yeah but, you guys are right on that. And there was no Chris Ivory. I don't know whether he was a he was out injured or a healthy scratch or whatever. We didn't see him once. TJ Yeldon at one point as well. Um, he he looked lost 
in pass protection. He was unlu- he was lucky to get away with a couple of holds. So I'm worried about that aspect of it. I think the the defense wise, yeah. Let's get in some of the backups. Let's do a little bit of rotation because at times some of the guys out there look knackered. <laughs> and AJ Boyer, Jalen Ramsey did not have good games either. And it was easy down the middle for Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, the other game, we'll talk about the 49ers and the, and the NFC West kind of impact. The other game uh, involving the NFC South team with relevance was earlier today. The Los Angeles Rams running out 27-23 winners over the Titans. Jared Goff, a 14-yard touchdown pass to Cooper Cup with 11.51 left. Kind of then holding off the Titans, really. The Titans had opportunities late to, to win this one. Obviously had to go to four-down territory late on, and the Rams end up taking the ball back. Um, the Titans been really poor on the road this year. I think just two of their seven, two, two is it? Or maybe it's three of their eight wins. That's not necessarily too bad, but it's not really the record they need if they're going to be relevant in the wildcard weekend, regardless of who they're playing. And they do need to get a win over the over the Jags next weekend, which is going to be tough if the Jags start their starters at home. But the future of the Titans, if they lose to the Jags next weekend, and they've lost four on the bounce. Surely Mike Malarkey has got to go. Yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I think there's a lot of disharmony. I'm really concerned around. about the development of Marcus Mariota. Well, yeah, he's he's certainly plateaued, and you could say he's regressed quite significantly. They they they've um, they will have had their backfield situation sorted out for them, I, I should think, next week, because it, who's their number one, Derek Henry or DeMarco Murray? Well, Murray had a, uh, went off with a knee injury. It's going to have a, an MRI scan either later this evening or in the next couple of days. So you'd assume he won't be fit for next week. So Derek Henry will be their number one. Whether that suits them or not, I'm not sure. I think they quite like having that two-headed monster. But yeah, I think... Mariotta, his development has been really worrying over the last, certainly over the, this season and stretching back into last season, Greg. It has been. I'm I'm a little shocked. I'm a little shocked because it almost feels like it's not even that he's not developing. It's that he's regressing. Uh, and I, I know the Rams have a excellent pass rush. I know Mariotta was under a, you know, a lot of pressure. I, I looked at him in college and, and watched, I felt like I watched a lot of Oregon games those last couple of years when he was there. And he obviously got to play in the national championship playoff the first year they had it too, and, and was really, really good. And um, and I'm a little, I'm a little disappointed. I saw more of him than I saw of Jameis Winston, and Winston just had all those physical gifts, and everybody knew that the body would translate to the NFL. And we weren't quite sure about Mariota, smaller, um, you know, not quite the arm strength of of some guy. And no one was Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was Andrew Luck was a better prospect than John El or there, excuse me, than Peyton Manning. He was the best prospect since John Elway. In '83, but you know, for both of them, Winston and Mariota, they're kind of linked at the hip because they went one-two, and both seem to Winston more for the mental and emotional uh, rampages he's had this year than for the play, and Mariota just for the play because he seems like he's got a great head on his shoulders. Mm. So what about the Rams? First NFC West since 2003. Another win today to go to 11-4. and four. Right now in the third seed, they hold the tiebreakers over the Saints, over the Panthers. One game back on the Vikings and the Eagles as it stands. Obviously, the Eagles to play the Raiders later today, who technically aren't out of the playoff picture themselves, although it would take something pretty ridiculous for them to get in there. Uh, Sean McVay, for me, Ollie hands down coach of the year. Um, and... 
for this just the turnaround not just in the record itself but in every facet of their team the defense has been absolutely brilliant obviously bringing in son of bum wade phillips has made a big Mm. difference to that uh, as well but the Rams, I'm really excited to see what impact they could make on the playoff picture. Now, Robert Quinn said after the game, Rams DL uh, div- defensive lineman, he said, with McVeigh and Wade Phillips coming in, it, everyone's level has just risen. And with the, a couple of new additions, they've all built bought into what they're trying to do. I love what the Rams are doing. Todd Gurley has been an absolute machine. Jared Goff had a really good game. There was one pass down the left-hand sideline to Cooper Cup, which was just placed perfectly in into his lap, over the over his shoulder. It was it was a, a really nice throw. It was a really good performance from Jared Goff. We're finally seeing from him some really interesting, really interesting things. And then with that defense and what they've got going on on that side of the ball with Wade Phillips doing what Wade Phillips does to defenses, turns them from average to to middling to top end defenses. And when you've got someone like Aaron Donald in there as well you've got you've got weapons on both sides of the ball and in the playoffs that's really really dangerous Greg yeah it is they've got a lot going I mean I think most people will ask about the experience I'm just not I'm not, I, I think it matters to some extent experience helps but it won't stop you from getting there it has never stopped a team Kurt Warner took that Rams team all the way and, and beat the Tennessee Titans and he hadn't been there, and lots of players on that team sure hadn't gone deep in the playoffs. Uh, Torrey Holt hadn't gone deep in the playoffs. Marshall Falk really hadn't even gone deep in the playoffs. So um, if you're good, you're good, and and you'll end up getting there. I don't think we doubt that if Deshaun Watson had stayed healthy, um, look, that was a break for the Jags. Would they would they still be ten and four? Mm-hmm. Not sure. They might be pretty close. But the Houston Texans were, were starting to get so you know starting to get on a real roll. So you. You need a break here and there, and if it's a unfortunately a bad break for a, for an opponent, look if Philadelphia doesn't win the Super Bowl uh, or doesn't make the Super Bowl and, he, and even loses in a one and done, and Nick Foles doesn't play well, that other team will have benefited from Carson Wentz's absence. But the Rams have it on all cylinders right now. There's no question about that. Now the Seahawks put themselves in the potential contention for a playoff place. They're at nine and six after a twelve to twenty one victory over the Dallas Cowboys. I mean the the tale of this game really is how much they restricted. Uh, uh, Zeke Elliott uh, kept him on low on third downs. The total plays on the on the offensive side for the the Cowboys was incredibly high, and the Seahawks didn't hu- do a huge amount offensively themselves. But they just kept them down. They kept them restricted to field goals. Just four field goals in the game. Really good red zone defense. Next week they go up against the Cardinals, who themselves shut out the Giants tonight a twenty three to nothing win. Had some really uh, decent offensive plays in there uh, as well as getting the shutout as well and I, I going into that last weekend Falcons going up against the Panthers Seahawks going up against the Cardinals as the two teams that could still make that sixth seed you'd say if one of them are more likely to sneak in right now it's the Seahawks but it's got to be the weakest Seahawks team making a playoffs in the last five or six years over that run yeah and they don't seem to be much of a threat to me I know they won the game today but it, it looked like Dallas you know, from the way we watched more of obviously the uh, the San Fran Jacksonville game, Dallas imploded. There were missed field goals. There was a terrible Dak Prescott pick six. There were t- missed tackles. Uh, Seattle hasn't been able to run the ball against anybody uh, in in the last month, and they ran it better today than they did against any other team. And that's not Dallas. That's not the the, the defense led by Sean Lee since he came back. So. It's a terrible finish for the Cowboys. Uh, they're eliminated from the playoffs, and I don't know where they go. Jason Garrett it has survived a 
quite a few years since they fired Wade Phillips and um, I'm in no make not making an NFC title game coming close on a couple occasions. I don't know. Will, will that be enough to, to undo him? Look, I, I'd say for Jerry Jones and the Cowboys, I think their organization has taken a lot of hits for, for Jerry in the anthem stance, for Jerry and, and the Zeke Elliott stuff. I, I'd love to know where it goes because there's a lot of Cowboy fans I talk to who um, who just who who want to they don't want it to be so hard to root for their team and and I think the Cowboys have made it hard this year in a lot of con- contexts. From my point of view, I think the Seattle defense was playing angry, and uh, after they got absolutely tonked last week, I'm not surprised. Exactly. If you just look at the box score, El Thomas with 11 tackles, Bobby Wagner with eight, KJ Wright with six, those top three guys there have all missed time this season because of injury and getting them back, getting them healthy. That's key because everything else then will work around them. And going into the, into the final game next week against Arizona, they've got, they know how to do it and they've got the coach that knows how to do it and they will get the win against Arizona and hope that the other things fall their way. And it could very well do. It's, it's, why, it's why I think the Falcons-Panthers will be the late game next weekend. Because I think we're expecting the Seahawks to beat the Cardinals because they've just got that experience. They've got that on their head, that knowledge in their heads. They might have a lot of injuries, but you just feel like they should go in and win that game. And then, then that adds just so much extra significance to the Panthers-Falcons game. I think they will put that one on. I know that on the other side, both the Titans and the Jags have something on the line. The only way I see Jags-Titans being the late game next weekend is if the Steelers lose later tonight on Christmas Day football when they go up against the Texans and suddenly a bye is available to the Jags with a win, a first rounder if they get a win and the Patriots also lose, although they're playing the Jets. So it would, yeah, yeah. but wouldn't it need the Steelers to lose as well? Again on, on oh, week the Steelers 17. need to lose twice. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In which case, ignore all of that. It's going to be Falcons, uh, yeah. Panthers then. I'm convinced of it. So that should be our game for you next weekend on Talk Sport. Uh, we will know for sure nearer the time. Um, so what does uh, the, the big question, uh, other than that for me, is we sat and we've marveled at Jimmy Garoppolo today, the way he spread the ball around to George Kittle, Carl Juszczyk, Trent Taylor, who uh, his unbelievable uh, stats on him, the number of, I think of 28 of 39 of his receptions uh, over this season have uh, over the second half of this season have come on third down um, with uh, Marquise Goodwin as well. Looks like a really interesting group of receivers, a good running, a good running back. Matt Breeder looks interesting. The offense looks good for the 49ers. They've got really good play out of later round picks on the back end of the defense, but there are still definitely holes there. What is the future of the NFC West? The Rams have really established themselves as a real powerhouse and really balanced on both sides of the ball. The 49ers are exciting and up and coming. And you feel like the Seahawks should right the ship somewhat in the offseason. Well, I think they will, but they've got work to do. They really do. And I don't... I, I think there's there's two conversations. One, uh, do they have all the right players? Um, and B, well, and two, do they overreact to the injuries? And I don't think that they should react to the injuries, but I'm not sure they have all the right players. I mean, they haven't in the they haven't on the offensive line, and they haven't in their backfield really since Marshawn Lynch left them. And Lynch wasn't even all that great in his last year there. So it's been, I'd say, close to three years now without a running attack that Russell Wilson can count on. And, and when we talk about quarterbacks going forward, there's Russell Wilson. He, he's 29. I'd never bet against him. A lot of people bet against him today, and they were wrong. Um, but I also 
put a lot of faith in the Seahawks that they'd beat Atlanta or they'd beat Jacksonville or they'd win last week against the Rams, and they didn't do any of those things. So, um, I but I, I San Francisco is they're coming they, and and they're not gonna. I just don't have the I don't have the thought John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are gonna make mistakes or uh, or blow money on on over the hill free agents. I think they're gonna do this the right way. They did this by, look, they got Jimmy Garoppolo in and they sat him for a couple of weeks so he could learn about being there and being a 49er and, and, and get acclimated with the personnel. So they're doing a lot of the right things and they and the Rams are going to make life difficult for the Cardinals because we don't have a clue who the Cardinals quarterback is next year. We well, don't. We, I, we do. I Lamar assume... Jackson. Ollie is so Thank absolutely you for that. convinced okay. <laughs> about this. Just so you know, this has been his line from since about week two of this season. Look, look, if it comes off, I, it, it. it would be great. But from the Arizona point of view... You just double down and double down and double down on it. That's what I love. Arizona point of view... If they do get a good quarterback in in the in the top end of the uh, of of the draft next next year, and if they trade up or whatever, but they do get the best running back in football back in in David well, Johnson. Well, Todd Gurley's going to join them. David Johnson, and everybody knows that he is. Uh, right now, it's it's Todd Gurley, well, right David jo- Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, because we've not seen what David Johnson will be coming off that injury. That's true. And Zeke Elliott wasn't great today. Didn't carry that offense in the right way. And I think he's had a lot of help from that line, but he's also got to be in the conversation. Yeah, he's in the conversation. But, but I, I don't think you should count out Arizona just yet. We Hopefully we see Bruce Arians back next next year as well. And they've still got the essence of a really, really good defense. And what we're saying is the NFC West is going to be great it's for gonna next be year great. and for the next few years coming up. The NFC South, maybe not so much, but I think that when the Texans get Deshaun Watson and that defense back, them and the Jags are going to have a really good battle over the next few years. Uh, Greg Brady... Merry Christmas to you. Thank you so much for everything today. And uh, it's been you. a real pleasure across this whole season. One more still to go. Yeah. And then we get into January in the playoffs. It's very exciting. Awesome. I, what? What's with the whispering? I can't wait. I'm excited <laughs> for the playoffs. And, and December 3rd. Th- who do I want to spend New Year's Eve with more than you guys across, uh, across a, uh, a telephone line of sorts? Nobody. Yes. I mean, nobody really. Thanks. And it's You're already still... New Year's by the time we come on. Well, no, it'll turn New Year's when we're on, won't it? No, it's already past New Year's for you when we start next week, of course. I really don't know the answer to that because I really don't know what the it, format's going to be is. next week because we don't know which games are when. So Because we, we might be on air before midnight downstairs on TalkSport 2. We really don't know. I don't know what happened just we'll, then. We're going to figure it all out uh, on Tuesday. Uh, Greg Brady, thank you. Ollie, I'm going to say thank you to you, but you're going to be back for the next five hours with me for a very special Christmassy extra time. Ginger Santa Claus is here. Ho, ho, ho. Greg Rosenthal, Greg Brady, back to back. Oh, bang. back to back. Okay. Back to back. Why see not? what you've done there. Why not? Nice work. All the Gs. Do, Six Gs. Uh, do you remember how we introduced uh, Greg Brady? No, I do not. Forty nine. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. Oh, Jimmy G. Yeah, yeah I'm going to leave that in. Jimmy G. Whoa, how many Gs is I think, that? I think I made... That's, that's did I make that Gs. Mariah Carey joke during that section? Because that was a terrible joke. I don't know. I think I may have blacked that out from my mind <laughs> it's a 7g podcast with jimmy g in there oh seven g's of magic you are Christmas never gonna morning. get that on any other podcast seven g's uh right ollie we've got to get out of here because we've got to go do our real jobs yeah yeah, yeah. um you're gonna stitch this all together and put it in my folder right I so am. i can po- post it out as a podcast I am indeed. amazing yeah uh, we will do a later pod in the week to preview are you week gonna 17. are you gonna you're not gonna talk about this saturday saturday games are you no no no, 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 no. And there's no, what, Saturday do you know, games? Do you, mean, do you mean the Monday night games, but on Christmas Monday night? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's what I, exactly what I meant. Steelers, Texans, Monday- and I'll tell you what, 
if they're an absolute blowout, I'll put out a mini five-minute podcast going, wow, what a result, and then I'll leave it at that. All right, great idea. Okay. Ollie, I love you. Merry Christmas. Too, buddy. And, Thanks for my um, gift. I'll see you later in the week. Did you like the uh, Angels on oh Horseback? Oh, my God, they were incredible. We have talked about those on the podcast. Yeah, definitely. but it's definitely water chestnuts, not actual chestnuts, ruptured duck. Okay, great stuff. I hope you you enjoyed the uh, the other one. Oh, the one thing I was going to do on this show was we did a, a tweet. Can you do it quickly? We did a tweet mm-hmm. from uh, the show earlier asking who people would like to see in the Super Bowl if they weren't. <laughs> do you know what? We'll save it for the next show. Because there were loads of good responses. I haven't got enough time to go through them. Let's go through. Let's send it out from Gridiron as well. Brilliant. All let's right. do that. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening as always. Touchdown trips. Your teams are in the playoffs. Five from the NFC confirmed. Four from the AFC. Now you know your teams. You know who's going to be at home most likely. Start booking up your trips with Ben Mortimer at Touchdown Trips. You've been listening to The Gridiron Show. Merry Christmas.